1: cause 4 hours simply isn't enough. This is Armstrong
2: and Getty extra large. <laughs>
0: So I'm excited about this because uh, according to our expert here, um, this is maybe the best thing that's happened to healthcare in modern times. It hasn't happened yet, Jack. It hasn't happened yet, but, but we'll get into it. Could be a game changer. I'm very excited
2: about it. Craig Gottwalls is an attorney and a benefits expert and a longtime friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show. We have designated him Craig, the healthcare guru, not healthcare gangsta, like he'd like to be known. Now that's why I'm here in my robe.
3: In my uh, my headgear today,
2: your guru wear. Yeah. So uh, listen, we want to talk about this proposed regulation. I guess it is right from the Trump administration. Exactly. That would say say essentially what
3: uh, the proposed regulation would essentially say that uh, all of us consumers of healthcare have the right to know the exact price that's already been negotiated between our insurance company and our medical provider before we go into the doctor's okay. office
0: well let, let's get to a little history lesson here because we've talked about this on the show before and I've always wondered like when I was born yeah and and my parents did what was their bill like then I mean what did they did they get give...
2: well, I've seen it it's it's itemized it's specific.
3: Yeah, after uh, the services fact, did, birthing
2: baby <laughs> right, thirty, you know uh, twenty five hundred dollars. One, one blah, annoying blah, blah, blah. baby eighty dollars. Right, exactly. So but yeah. because you didn't used to be like this.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I think you're. I think you're kind of getting it. How at why, did it start? Yeah. Why, it, why is it like this? Why is it tied to employers and why is it so darn expensive? I think is kind of and complicated. Yeah. Why is it like everything and else I do? Shrouded in mystery. <laughs> why right. isn't it
0: like everything else I do? Where if I take my truck in and they say, oh, it's the brakes. Up there on the thing, it says a break job costs $199, and yeah. I know what it costs. And if I want to go across town and they say they'll do it for $175, I can either choose to do it there or not or whatever. But it, why doesn't it work that way with healthcare?
3: Well, a lot of people don't know that the, the, the there's a number of reasons that led to the growth of the current modern employer-driven healthcare system in America. Um, turning from an agrarian to an industrial revolution was one reason employers started saying, hey, it's a good idea for us to have a health insurance policy so that when – when Joe Getty cuts a finger off at the assembly line, we can mm-hmm. get him back at work as soon as possible. I'm down to three. Yeah, <laughs> I just got three left. I really need to focus. Two middles and a thumb. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, uh, on top of that, you had you know the development of unions and, and a few other things that led to it being a good idea. Employers thought it was a good idea to provide health insurance policies at work. Well, the big thing that led to the explosion of health insurance in the workplace and what I would call now really not insurance but prepaid medical providing – is World War II. And a lot of people don't know that. But what happened in World so War II... So we can II, blame Hitler. Yeah, we can, that's right. <laughs> uh, what happened in World War II was uh, we had wage freezes. There was a war on, you know, as they said, in uh, it's a wonderful life. And so all of our resources, in theory, were supposed to go to the funding the war effort. But what the government did is they said, however, you can go ahead and recruit that top talent and do what you need to do to retain employees... By providing them benefits. And furthermore, we are not going to tax benefits. Hmm. So what oh, happened fabulous. was... So yeah. I'm
2: a working guy. I'm better off with health insurance than I am another, you know, 20 bucks in my paycheck.
3: That's right. You're absolutely better off. I and mean, that's true still today. I mean, that's, right. that's the big thing about health insurance is that if your employer gives you $100 worth of health insurance, that's more valuable to you than $100 of pay because it's not going to be taxed 30 to 60%.
2: Right. And it won't go up my nose like, oh, that's right. I usually don't talk about my cocaine... Uh, use on the. I'm not, a, I'm not a cocaine addict. Anyway,
3: <laughs> so, um. okay,
2: so, so, so it, you, obviously it, it, that
3: caught on. It led to an explosion of the providing of healthcare benefits during World War II and shortly thereafter. And then what happened was because markets do work and economies work and businesses respond to tax incentives, what employers started to realize was well, you know, we had these traditional health insurance plans with large deductibles where the employee might pay 25% of the service rendered, but if I want to give Jack Armstrong a raise, I as an employer and Jack are both better off if I give him that raise with health insurance because there will be no tax consequence on that raise. Mm-hmm. So employers from the end of World War II all the way up till current day have increasingly provided richer and richer and richer and richer health care policies where we got to the point in the 90s where a lot of people in America had $5 co-pays and hmm. then nothing else because it was all what I would call prepaid medical right. care at that point. It's not right. insurance. It's, it's like insurance. a medical
2: club. It would be like... You pay a membership yeah. fee, your when, premiums. When, and, when I worked
0: at UPS, which was the best insurance I ever had, which was in the, the around the 90s, um, everything you was covered. Nothing. 100% you nothing, yeah. everything all the time, dental and medical. Everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, was, boxes. that was absolutely
3: wow. the trend for the, the big unionized shops, public employers, et cetera. And you, you, you had that going on um, because it was the... It was a, a an outgrowth of World War II in this tax treatment where it was just the right way to do things because you were circumventing the tax code. It, it, the way to think about it, too, is if people think about insurance. Remember, for insurance on our boat, our car, our home, we have a big deductible. We pay all the little stuff ourselves. So we still care what that mechanic charges us. Mm-hmm. right? We don't insure oil changes.
0: That's a, you know, that's a good point. That is one of the big differences right there that hadn't occurred to me. It's all huge. the little stuff. Like having a cold or it's whatever, all free, I or take five my bucks. car in. I I don't even think about calling my insurance company and saying I need new brake pads. Right? Um, yeah, interesting.
3: But well, for healthcare, we I, I would do. think
2: well, it would be prohibitively expensive. I would think because you wouldn't know what, what people are going to do with their cars and the rest of it. But so, okay, go ahead. You were gonna you're gonna say something about that. But well, I, what I don't understand is I can't understand how it can be economical for anybody any at any point in the chain the companies the anybody to operate like this why doesn't the company that insures us because we're are the you know the main company one of the companies we have a contract with we have health insurance through okay um and we're very grateful for it um, why aren't they like super crazy into how much stuff costs? Or well, I'm sure you'll explain it to us, but
3: Well, they are. I mean, they, they they are on the back end. They they you know, your insurance company, whoever that may be, is negotiating with all of the hospitals nationwide and they agree to prices behind the scenes. But there are so many incentives built into the system that taking a step back, um, Remember one of the things Obamacare did that we've covered over the years is Obamacare for a period of like 6 years now has guaranteed that insurance companies will be made whole. Now that's phasing out. That's going away. Those 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 reimbursements on the back end where insurance companies that took in Obamacare enrollees when they lost money because those enrollees were sicker, th- those insurance companies were made whole. So you you actually don't have a very big incentive for those insurance companies to keep prices down anymore because no, they've been made whole. They've been made whole, and there's there's formulas in place for how these premiums are derived that that keep those premiums fairly high. But on the whole, you know, when you're talking about say the four national PPOs, um, those PPOs do care. They you know A does want to be a little bit below B and a little bit below C, etc. But the, the 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 getting back to the number one problem in healthcare that we talked about a few days ago on your show, the number one problem is because of this system that's grown. Out of World War II, out of tax treatment, out of insurance companies and employers wanting to provide you with these really bloated prepaid plans, we, the end users, the people that are actually going out into the hospital chain to buy health insurance, we don't know the price of what we're having done on a day-to-day basis.
0: I went and got a blood draw yesterday, and I don't have any idea what that cost me. That's no that's idea. Exactly. No, I right. no didn't. It doesn't even come up in the process, right? Yeah, it doesn't I come up in the process. Walked in and put yeah. my name down. They called my name. I went and I got a, Will I get a bill? I don't know. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I don't have any idea.
3: Exactly. And the whole system is set up that way. The whole system is set up that way, dating back to World War II. Who cares? Well, who cares? You mean why do we care? Yeah. Okay, well, when the, why when does the, it end, matter? When the end user of a market doesn't know the price, and really that price is being paid through a reduction in your pay, right? Because remember, this gets paid two ways. One way is through premiums. The other way is through what you pay at point of service. Mm -hmm. Well, that whole what you pay at point of service has been over the years reduced down to almost nothing. Now, the nice thing is, and I I, I facetiously joke that Obamacare has done something good for health care because what Obamacare did was started making this stuff so expensive at the point of service that we started to care. And with our deductibles
0: so high, that's when I first started noticing what things cost with a $3,500 deductible. I started getting bills. Holy cow. It Sam fell down and hurt his arm and I thought I might have broken it. So I took him in and it cost me $1,800. Next time I'm going to wait a day and see if he's OK. I mean, I didn't used to do that because I wasn't I wasn't paying
3: that. Much. That's right. We're, we're starting to care, which is a good thing. But yeah. but getting back to just just they the weren't basic... expecting
0: that, were they? That was like an, an unintended consequence. No,
3: it wasn't. But but in really in looking back at Obamacare in hindsight, the whole thing was set up. To make to try and make everybody happy, to try and make hospitals happy, to try and make insurance companies happy, to try and get more people covered. There were a few things built in to try and contain costs, but as we've talked about over the years, those things were either um, regulatorily uh, negated or ignored or delayed. and so all that cost containment's gone out the window and it's just being built into our taxes and our deficit as a country.
2: Mm-hmm. Now you get another layer of who's paying for what to, to make it even more obscure.
3: That's right. And, and you say, well, why do we care? Well, we care because national debt is, is obviously that's a more nebulous thing. How much do people really care about our national debt? Not a lot, but it suppresses your wages because what's happening is healthcare is costing your employer in the neighborhood of 6 to 9% more over the last 20 years. And Total or per year? Per year. Oh, 6 okay. to 9% wow. so per when you year talk over about, the last 20 years. When you talk about
0: wages being flat, that might have all gotten eaten up in the health care. Oh, huh? it's
3: absolutely the case, Jack, because... Boy, nobody talks about that.
0: No. I've the, never, the media sucks. I've never, I've never, I've never Boo, heard you suck. in any of these arguments about wages have been flat for so many decades talking about, well, actually they've gone up in that they're paying more for the health care. Yeah, because it.
3: health insurance is eating them up. Yeah. Right. And employers... Up until the last decade or so, employers have been okay to do it because when an employer gives you that compensation as health care, not only do you not pay tax on it, but neither does your employer. He doesn't pay payroll taxes when he gives you these bloated health insurance plans. So while no employer likes to pay more for something if they don't have to, the employers aren't, they don't have a tremendous incentive the way they should have to keep those costs down. So your healthcare inflation is depressing your wages, and that's what's been going on now for a few decades. Wow, that's
2: really interesting. Mm. That's a huge point. Yeah.
3: So, um,
2: makes oh. me sick. Huh? So,
3: so, this gets to how do we fix it, right? And, right. And, and what we talked about on the radio show was there's two huge problems in healthcare. We've just covered them. One, we don't know the price when we're buying, and, and in every market, the consumer needs to know the price of what they're buying, or the market perverts, it doesn't work well. You end up with oligopolies and monopolies and inefficiencies, and, and what we have in healthcare is a four-company-driven oligopoly. There's four insurers nationwide, so we don't know the price. The second problem—it's not problem- that
0: complicated to understand, is that If there was only one grocery store in my town, sure, right. and I go and buy my groceries, and I don't get a bill at the time, I just load up my cart and buy my groceries, and it's kind of just factored into my life experience expenses somewhere. I don't even know how much. God, they'd be charging freaking who
2: knows what for a tomato. Anything they could get away with. Yeah, yeah. So an oligopoly, is the word
3: uh, cartel too strong? No. A cartel is what grows out of an oligopoly by uh, effectively every time because you only have a few providers that control the whole market, and eventually, even if they're not having eye-to-eye wink communication, they start to let prices creep up, and they start not to be as aggressive as they might be on pricing, because they know that if all four people do it, everybody ends up better off, mm-hmm. and so that's what's that's where we're at with healthcare in America by and large.
2: Well, yeah, and if you have only three other companies to monitor, and you see, okay, everybody's creeping up. Okay, we're cool.
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Um, and so, okay.
3: And so that the first problem is we don't know the price. The second problem is up until recently we haven't really cared what that price was because, like Jack was saying when he when he worked. In his younger days, he had a plan that cost zero when he went to the doctor. So if he didn't feel well, he went to the doctor. He went to the ER. If the doctor wasn't open, he went to the emergency room that day and maybe paid 10 times what a doctor visit would have cost because it didn't matter to Jack. It didn't cost him a nickel. So we just kept doing this over and over in America, and now we've got this system. We don't know what it costs. We don't care what it costs. The tax code is set up such that the employer doesn't care as much as they should, and it's depressing our wages, but we don't see that, so nobody really really understands the linkage of all these things. Wow. So what then happened over the last three weeks with the Trump administration and its proposed regulation? Uh, starting in—and in I think it's worth going into some of the legislative history because it's pretty interesting how the sausage gets made when, with, with regulations, right? So a- as we recall, statutes are things passed by Congress, signed by the president. Mm-hmm. It's what the Constitution has— had in mind since the very beginning of our country.
2: Well, I'm just a biddle. That's I'm right. only your
3: bill. That's right. Right. So 100 years after the signing of our uh, Constitution, the very first regulatory agency was created. We didn't have regulations. They're, they aren't contemplated in the Constitution. They didn't exist in the first 100 years of America.
2: What's a regulation?
3: A regulation is when Congress... As our good friend Tim Sanderson might might say, Congress passes a law that says there shall be no bad things, and hereby I create an agency called the Bad Things Agency to make sure no bad things happen. Right, And the president then goes ahead and appoints a head of that agency. That agency hires up. In many cases, tens and tens of thousands of people, and they write rules, not laws, rules, which have the force of law on all of us, the citizenry. Mm-hmm. But because
0: they're not called the law, don't have to go through the legislature. And that's
3: right. We don't hear about right. it. Generally, and, generally right. the law says,
2: we, and the uh, the head of the agency will pass such rules as are necessary to make sure there are no bad things.
3: That's exactly right. And. Uh-huh. Um, so that that occurred in the uh, 1780s. The very first ad- it was the Interstate Commerce Commission, I believe. The very first administrative agency was created, and then a hundred years later, in like the early 1980s, the Supreme Court finally looked I think well. your Office Century had looked well. 1980s, 100.
2: You said 1780s, oh, you oh, meant
3: 18, 1880s. I meant 1880s. Thank oh, you, yeah. okay, I was going to yeah.
2: let
0: it go, but Joe's the sort of person
3: who
2: knows that out. I thought it was the 1780s. Joe's going to try to
3: embarrass people. Yeah. I,
2: I was confused. No.
3: 1780s, we signed our Constitution. 100 years later, I was passed that administrative agency. 100 years after Freaking that, the Supreme talking Court. talking in riddles. Supreme <laughs> Court. The
1: Supreme Court. <laughs> 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 the Supreme this Court. In the what seminal year? case. 1403, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: believe it was 1984, but Tim will correct me on that. Yeah. Um, The Chevron case. And the Chevron case, when our Supreme Court looked at this, and you you still to this day have law professors that maintain administrative law is not constitutional. Amen. Um, Yeah. Now, when the Supreme Court looked at it, the Supreme Court said, okay, administrative law is constitutional, and we will uphold it as legitimate so long as, A, the statute at hand does not expressly contradict what the administrative agency said. In other words it's not so clear you know they, they the, the water is black and then the other guy says the water is blue you know you right. can't have to, and then b as long as the administrative agency is addressing something that the statute doesn't expressly prohibit it will be valid so long as it's reasonable or just rational and then the court okay. and then the court said even if we the court disagree with how the administrative agency interpreted this it shall be valid as long as it's reasonable or rational and it's addressing something that is Open to interpretation. So
0: that's the great Chevron case that I'm always hearing about? Yeah, so that's, that's the two prong test. I thought that had okay. to do with 30 bathrooms. Yeah, exactly. And not, <laughs> totally having, not having that juice stuff in there when you want right. to wipe your. Right, there should be a sentence for that.
2: Um. Wow. Okay. So, so that, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, doesn't that give unelected bureaucrats vast, vast powers? tremendous amounts of power. Well, and what happens if I violate an EPA rule, for instance? It's not a law. It was that's just right. a rule passed by them. It's, Can it's, they send people with guns to take my money or put me in a cage? Yes. But that's Absolutely. not a law. But that's
0: not that's a law. interesting. It's They're, a regulation. Why do we even have a legislature? I guess to pass the original Statute that then you attach 10,000 regulations to.
3: Exactly. And the argument uh, for uh, the legal scholars that would say regulations are necessary is, oh, well, our country is so much more complicated than it was when we signed our constitution that as we grew in size and scope, we needed experts. We needed experts at the federal level that would flesh out all the the rules and regulations necessary for we, the citizenry, to follow the law. That's the argument for it
0: gotcha. Yeah.
3: And so we have now and to give you just one example of how regulations work, Obamacare when it was signed into law in 2009 was 2400 pages. The regulations now implementing Obamacare are in the neighborhood of 40,000 pages.
0: 40,000 pages of regulations.
3: And if they hold true to the same ratio that Medicare Medicaid did, which is the closest analogy we have for Obamacare, we will end up with something like 120,000 pages of Obamacare regulations. Oh, it's eventually. like the tax code. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly like the tax code. The other way to look at it is every year we produce a federal register. The federal register is a compilation of uh, Supreme Court cases, laws, uh, and regulations. Overwhelmingly, it's regulations, right? Because those other things don't fill nearly as many pages. Sure. Our federal register grows by sixty to 90,000 pages every single year. Wow. That's just federal laws and rules.
2: That's that's astonishing.
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: speaking of that, you tell me, would now be a good time to start talking about how there's uh, there's this uh, legislative slash financial sleight of hand that Congress engages in with like Medicaid and Medicare. And Medicare, yeah. Um, how it's how they get helpful. away with it's certainly helpful yeah this we, is one of the most interesting things uh, interesting conversations craig and i have ever had through the years of riding mountain bikes up and down hills and fishing <laughs> and the rest of it
3: um so oh boy it dates back to the early 90s roughly where 1790s 1390s oh, yeah let's do this one 1990s okay so, so this one's only about 25 30 years old um it, it, the Medi- Well, first off, let's take a step back. When Medicare was passed in the early to mid '60s, uh, that was an LBJ Great
2: Society thing.
0: That's right?
3: right. So 1960s again. We'll get the decade right for Joe. I am fine. Um, the and I forget what the exact number was, but Congress projected what it would cost in 1990. They were off by a factor of eleven. Ah, close. Yeah, factor of eleven. So in the '90s, <clears throat> it became uh, Bush one, and then and then uh, Clinton's problem of what are we going to do to rein in the pricing on. Medicare like, because this no it was
2: running up enormous deficit it was just, spending.
3: It was. Yeah, because healthcare inflation in America, like true inflation, like if you really were paying an actual price for your hip replacement mm-hmm. is roughly four. I prefer 4%. hip customization, yes. as you know, that's but, right.
2: Yeah. yeah. For
3: the geriatric. I'm s- so shut up. So what is <laughs> It's it's roughly four percent per year, okay. four to four and a half, and okay. that's been true for at least twenty years.
2: I'm sorry, you know. that's general inflation or healthcare inflation. Healthcare inflation, okay.
3: general inflation's less. Well, okay. depending upon who you listen to, that's a whole nother podcast. Sure. Um, so, Medicare and Medicaid were growing quickly as, as we hit the '90s and 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 eating up our budget, a factor of eleven times more than they ever projected. So, uh, they're eating, I mean, eating up your wages and eating up your wages. Yeah, Even if that's you're right. getting
0: it just for inflation costs, if inflation's averaging around two most of the time, right. you know, you're coming out behind every year.
3: So they, they, there was legislation in place that said, starting in, and they picked a year five, six, seven, eight years out, the late 90s, we're going to start cutting what we pay doctors in Medicare and Medicaid by like half a percent per year for a decade, right? Well, the problem was, by the time they got to that year, which was in the late 90s, Private insurance plans were already paying doctors 30 to 40 percent more for the same procedures. And now Medicare and Medicaid were going to start reducing what they paid to doctors by half a percent per yeah, year. And
2: I'm guessing the doctors weren't really thrilled with oh, that. News. That's right. Yeah. So you,
3: you already have something like half of doctors in America will not take a Medicaid patient. Right. And something like 20% of doctors in America won't take a Medicare patient, and that's because Medicare, the one that we use to cover the seniors, it generally pays more than Medicaid in the so, vast majority of states.
0: So does it happen where, like, I've had the same doctor now for 20-some years. If I was about to turn, what age do you have to be to get on? Uh,
3: 65.
0: 65. So say I'm 64. Next year I qualify and I do. He might say, nah, I don't really want you as a patient anymore. That happens? That actually can happen. Wow. It, it's rare.
3: It's rare because normally... And then, a, Okay, so yeah. he
0: quits. I go to find another doctor. There might not be, be any doctors around that want me.
3: Yeah, now well there's no money in it. There there might not be. With Medicare, again, we're talking about that's the one we've all in theory paid for all of our lives and covered mm-hmm. the cost of. So they try to keep the reimbursements on Medicare Somewhat realistic because they don't want that. They don't That's want seniors every, getting angry. Medicare is for
0: everybody that gets old.
3: Everybody that gets over 65. But if you're old
0: and poor, or just poor, you don't even have to be old. If you're just poor, you it's get Medicaid. Medicaid.
3: Yeah, and in California, for example, they call it uh, uh, Medi-Cal, which makes it kind of complicated to the vernacular.
2: Okay, but anyway, so the reimb- What you actually what they what they actually pay the doctors is. A little paltry for Medicare and seriously paltry for
3: Medicaid. Yeah, and that's where it's, we it's left paltry off. paltry for Medicare, seriously okay. paltry for Medicaid. Yeah, and, okay. yeah, you, Jack, the, and, the real answer is you might have 20% less doctors to choose from when you hit 65 right now. But
2: so anyway, we were at the point where yeah. Congress, which already right. was so, screwing doctors a little bit, announced that we're going to cut it back yeah. every single well, year, and you're going to take it, every, you white-coated <clears throat>
3: bastards. Every time, <laughs> Every time the federal government, for— uh, you can so from the mid 1990s all the way up to the passage Stick of obamacare your finger in
0: my bum how do you like
3: this right how do, you, how do you like this <laughs> <laughs> so so for a 15 year period from the mid 90s to the passage of obamacare the what we were paying the doctors and the government programs was supposed to go down by half a percent per year to save to save the program to save the budget, program, the the save the budget health, and the program right, that's yeah, right right however all the politicians knew That if we did that, we'd have seniors riding in the streets because they wouldn't be able to find doctors.
0: That'd be an interesting ride to watch, but I understand what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
3: seniors threatening not to vote, I guess would be the better way to say it. There you go. There Um, you go. So every year or year and a half or two years or six months, as we'd come up with these budget battles that we're so used to seeing at the federal level, they would they would sunset. That provision, They would say, well, yes, we're due to cut Medicare by one and a half percent at this point, but we're not going to cut anything uh, over the next year and a half. And that was always part of these quick little short budget battles that we're seeing. And nobody mentioned it. And it, Well, it was mentioned, but only true health care wonks knew what was going on. Oh, right? okay. it, right. was, it was it was because it would it would be stated in a newspaper article like, uh, yeah, we're not going to raid Medicare to do that. We're not going to put in the Medicare cuts, even though those cuts were already in the law to make the budget look like it was real. Right. right? All right. So you get to the passage of Obamacare. In Obamacare, to help make it look like Obamacare was only going to cost a trillion dollars and not the two trillion it's at now, they built right into the financial assumption of, yeah, well, as soon as we pass Obamacare, we're actually going to put in the Medicare cuts. And when we put in the Medicare and Medicaid cuts, that's going to save us a trillion dollars immediately. So this law that probably is going to cost $2 trillion, will only be $1 trillion. Because we're going to stick it to the doctors finally. That's right. We're finally going to put in these cuts that we've been kicking down the road for 15 years over four different presidents of two to, both parties, right? right it right. was just so fake, so phony. Right. It, it, was the, it was the Medicare cuts that were just never going to happen. So ultimately, over the last few years, they've addressed this, and they've put in a system now where Medicare, ballpark, these things grow at about 1% per year instead of we're supposed to cut it half a percent per year. But think about that. I told you, healthcare is going up at 4% to 4.5% every year, mm-hmm. right? Medicare and Medicaid, the largest purchaser of healthcare in the country, are only going to pay 1% more per year. So it's an effective cut. Well, it's a cut, but where do you make up the difference? So before we get to the. Where do you make up the difference? Employer plans.
2: Oh. So
3: in order for hospitals and doctors, providers to be made whole and to not start leaving the system in droves, employer plans have for 20 years been paying 6 to 9% more every year to make up for the fact that Medicare and Medicaid woefully underpay those same providers
2: wow why do the employers put up with that
3: uh because the insurance the companies oligopoly? do it. The, yeah the insur- the oligopoly exactly the market the broken market does it and employers are kind of forced to eat what's there oh i see
0: so uh, b- before we get to the this great game-changing thing that may have happened in the Trump administration. Most people don't, you know, pay attention to the stuff you were just talking about. Right. Either have the capacity or the interest to pay attention to it. But since you do, the, 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 the more into it you get, how much, and I know the answer to this question because I know you and we've talked about it over the years, but how much, how much confidence do you have in our political system at all? When it sounds like they're out and out misleading if not lying to us for decades now and fudging numbers here and there just to try to patchwork, hold it together.
2: Because everybody knew there was no chance they were going to have those enormous cuts. That's right. To, both to Medicare parties. or both Medicaid. Parties. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and right. they just count on the fact that the average voter is certainly not in the weeds enough to know. And to
2: the to average child
3: sure can't catch on that they're going to get stuck with the bill. But right. Anyway. Right. And both parties engaged in it for 15 years before. I mean, the, the big one was Obamacare when they counted on a trillion dollars of savings that weren't going to be there.
0: How much of it do you think Trump understood when he was running? Or even oh. now, I guess.
3: I mean, I'm
0: not trying to Trump bash at all. Yeah, that's a tough question. Because I, I know for a fact from reading, you know, some of the, the various reporting on it that Obama didn't know that much about health care until no, he I, mentioned it offhand at a party, got yeah. a good reaction, then decided, I think I'll make health care a big deal. I mean, that's how it started. And then mm. he started having experts come in and learning about it. But I, I just remember in the debate the debate stage and Marco Rubio mock him, mocking Trump, saying, every debate you talk about these circles and then you never yeah, say what yeah, that means. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Selling
3: healthcare across state lines. So my, yeah.
0: my only point being that most people aren't paying attention. The politicians either know we aren't paying attention, or or don't. They don't even care to learn it themselves. So God dang, so it's very it, frustrating.
3: To answer a couple questions there. Uh, one, I don't. I honestly don't think any president coming in really has. A very decent grasp on any of this at all. Well, how un- could you be? Un- unless they, you know, unless they were to come in as having been on a healthcare oversight right. committee in Congress.
0: Unless you came out of that world,
3: right? Yeah. Right. They just don't. It, it, it's it's too complicated, and it, it, it doesn't take. Look, a president can be up to speed on it within months because the one thing President Trump has is is he's appointed good people to HHS. Salazar knows what he's doing, and that's where we. That's why we're at where we're at. Where there's some hope now, but. My confidence that the current climate of political systems is going to fix this, incredibly low. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, incredibly low. I, yeah. Well, how much? Let me ask you guys as is it experts time for a
2: king
0: as experts on <laughs> politics.
3: It? How much? How much? How much confidence do either of you have, for example, that our current political system is going to fix our federal budget?
2: All right, Z- zero right now. Yeah. You know, listen, I don't defend politicians much, but I think it would be electoral suicide. Anybody who told the truth. The people we are getting precisely the government we deserve with an allowance for there's a certain percentage of, you know, graft from lobbyists and indirect graft, you know, campaign contributions and stuff that you can't blame on the people per se. But no, anybody who who treats the American people like adults and says, all right, here's a problem. Here's uh, here's the math and. Here's the issue. We're just there's we're not Santa Claus yeah, We can't don't. <laughs> we don't have elves making benefits.
0: Sure, I don't want to get too far off topic here, but we remember in the Republican debate, any if Chris Christie or Rand Paul the only two people to ever mention, you know, this sort of stuff, yeah.
3: they're just they're like, Shut up, move all on the, way, the next way to the part. edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the way to the edge of the stage. <laughs> what don't are you listen bogging down the debate with that right. crap. Right. But here's here's a here's a good example. A good example in this context in healthcare. Uh, We've talked about and you've heard about the Cadillac tax associated with Obamacare. Now, a quick recap for folks on the Cadillac tax is um, when Obamacare passed, they put in a provision that said, look, we've got to stop employers from providing these super rich zero dollar copay types of plans that are eating up wages in the budget. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start taxing health care plans when those health care plans exceed a threshold of roughly $10,000 per individual per year or $27,000 per family, and that was supposed to start originally in 2014, they couldn't agree on that. They kicked it out to 2018. They've kicked it out to 2020. I think now it's kicked out to 2022, but this is the one I've said look, this will never pass. This will never go into law as it was written, or I'll eat Jack's truck that he didn't <laughs> eat last time around. Right? Somebody needs to eat it. <laughs> um, but, but here's the thing if you're an economist, looking at this problem on on how you work with the market we have and try to fix healthcare you i hate to say this i hate to say this and you're allowed to punch me in the stomach after we get out of here <laughs> yes you probably should put some kind of tax on healthcare and make up for it by reducing overall income taxes so that you could stay budget neutral but if you don't put a tax on healthcare, you don't fix the broken incentive for employers to provide you your compensation that's overwhelmingly healthcare dollars. Wow. Okay. All you right. see what I'm saying? You, yeah, and, right, and, and so right. all of everybody on the right latched onto the Cadillac tax is bad because we're gonna tax your healthcare. And it got demagogued into even the Democrats going, We're not doing this. But it was really a sound economic principle, and that's that you can't have this part of pay not be taxed and this part of pay be taxed. Right. Because the market will end up pushing health care up, which is what it's
1: done. Sure. Right. It's sure.
2: artificially inflated. Right. right. Just like college, uh, all the flow of college exactly. money, for instance, has led to the skyrocketing but, costs. But you have the
3: nobody, there's nobody left, not even President Obama himself, that would defend the Cadillac tax. Wow. Because it's doesn't get you reelected
2: yeah yeah all right well speaking of presidents sold so uh donald J. and salazar over there at hhs they they want to bring transparency to healthcare spending
3: that's right Is that a fair description that's right and they've they've made a lot of noise about that over the last few months in particular so in 2009 congress passed the uh stimulus package era if you remember that one obama's great stimulus all kinds of stuff in it one of the things stuffed into the stimulus package was a HIPAA high tech law. Now HIP, it just it, all this really did was dealt with all of the technology around healthcare privacy, mm-hmm. and it was that part was not controversial at all. It's like, hey, if we're going to put all of your healthcare online, we need to do certain things to guard it so that the Russians aren't hacking it and spraying it everywhere. For example, well, that was great. So that passed in two thousand nine. In two thousand sixteen, an outgrowth of that law was this new law that was passed written by a Democrat from Oregon, passed by I think everybody but like five people in the House of Representatives voted for it. And that was called the 21st Century Cures Act. Again, just much more detail and rigorous guarding of IT, information technology, as it relates to health care. Okay. The kind of things that you must know as a patient and the kind of things that nobody's allowed to know about you as a patient. Okay, Again, very non-controversial. Everybody voted for it. Well, as these things go, of course, that said, and we delegate to HHS the right and the authority to write the regulations to implement what we want done here. Now, that law itself, that particular statute, was like 300 and something pages. Well, we're already getting many hundreds of pages now coming out on that act. Again, when they passed this, Obama was president, and HHS was run by, at the time, I believe it was Sibelius, right? These were Democrats, so Congress mm-hmm. is thinking, hey, great, we're going to have the Obama administration writing these rules on healthcare privacy. The Trump administration is getting around getting around to its spin on those regulations. And that's what came out in the last three weeks were seven hundred plus pages of regulations implementing that high tech HIPAA privacy Medical Privacy Act. All of it but about one and a half pages in the in the middle really deal with all of this information technology data transfer, okay. In the middle of it, though, they do say, look, it's it's, it's we believe." HHS says we believe we have the authority under this act to go ahead and um, to to weigh in on what exactly a patient has a right to know with respect to the pricing that they're going to be expected to pay when they go to the doctor's office. And this has become relevant, right, as a side effect of Obamacare, in my opinion, because when Jack had zero dollar co-pays, the patient didn't care what things cost. But now you guys have talked about there's $10,000 deductibles out there mm-hmm. and people are starting to pay their own money for care and they they give a darn, right? So it, what it said was, we believe the patients have the right, not just before they go to the doctor, but even in when they pick a plan at their open enrollment, we believe the patients have the right to know what these prices are that they're signing up for. So we think the privately negotiated secret pricing between the four major insurance companies and all of the hospitals must be made publicly available to consumers of healthcare care in general. and they carry- In advance? In advance. Yeah, okay. In advance. So that you can even use it at open enrollment to decide, do you want to pick carrier A or carrier B? Yeah. Or how about,
0: so if I'm going to go get a blood draw like I did yesterday, if I figure out, is it cheaper to do it over in this town or in this town or over here? Yeah, exactly. all I'm getting is a blood draw, and they're going to analyze exactly. These things. Well, I should well know and what the
2: difference can be ginormous sure. if you're delivering a kid or you know, huge.
3: I actually sat in on a surgery. on a webinar the other day where, uh, you know, the the, the 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 four big carriers are no big secret. It's United Healthcare, Cigna, Aetna, and the Blues, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Well, you could be with Cigna as an example, just picking one, and you could have Cigna as your as your provider, and you might have six hospitals in your town that you can go to with Cigna, and even in the Cigna negotiated rates for your blood draw or your MRI, you might see it's $350 here and 3500 over there. Really? Just for that. Yeah, even within one carrier's network. Oh, yeah. Network. Yeah,
0: when I was shopping around for try to get my, uh, whatever, they're going to scan me to see if I had any tumors or whatever... Uh, the the same the same hospital network, just different towns. It was four hundred dollars cheaper to drive over to this other town and get it done. That's crazy. I was going to pay for it myself because insurance wasn't going to cover it yet, so I cared and so I looked into it. And if you really, if I really looked into it, they would tell me. But it was four hundred dollars cheaper just to drive
3: fifteen miles. Yeah, and that's actually a a, when there's certain things like doctor office visits, they don't vary much. They might vary twenty or thirty percent. But when you get to like MRIs and some of these high tech imaging things, they can vary by a tenfold factor. Wow. It's crazy. It's it's, it's truly crazy. I would like
2: to get off on a tangent for how that can be. I mean, why does anybody not gouge?
3: Yeah, well, that gets down to bargaining power of that hospital with respect to that carrier. Oh. So, like, in, you know, um, certain geographic areas, uh, well, Northern California is a good example. If you compare Northern and Southern California, I think it would surprise you to know healthcare is – 15 to 20% cheaper in southern california on average. And you say, "Well, why is that?" It's simply supply and demand down there. You have more doctors and facilities per capita there than you have in more some of these rural parts of northern california. So you actually pay more for healthcare in northern california. Then when you get into really you drill down into very specific cities, you might find a particular city where one health chain dominates, right? And that health chain, like if you don't have that health chain, that hospital chain in your network, you're going to suffer as an insurer. So you put up with the fact that they bill quite a bit more for them MRI, their MRI than Company B's MRI.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So how how likely do you think this can actually happen? This this Trump administration effort to get some transparency and. Pricing.
2: Yeah. yeah, and what's the opposition going to look like?
3: Yeah, I th- I think. And who's um, opposed
0: to it? Why? How would you be well, opposed to it?
3: Yeah, who's opposed to it? Um, it? It's it's really I think the first time I've seen in my 20 year career in this field that um, you actually have uh, powerful politicians. In this case, the president and an administrative agency, not a politician per se, uh, on the, at the at the HHS level, but the the regulatory body doing this. It's for the it, because essentially. Both parties have not wanted to touch this because, as we've talked about again before, um, health care is 20% of the U.S. economy, approaching 20% of the U.S. economy, and it's the second or third lobbying group in the world. Mm. And there are very, very powerful people in both of our political parties that get a lot of money through healthcare care packs. And so th- this is not—when you have an oligopoly, when you have an inefficient market that's benefiting the large insurers and the hospitals— They don't want this price transparency out there because the more individuals start to shop based on price, the more you get the unleashing of the free market system, prices will be driven down. So I think we've got the best chance we've ever had at this kind of transparency, first of all. Um, I think this regulation may not pass, or it may pass and then get immediately challenged in the courts and get killed, but I think it's incredibly good and just a wonderful sign that we're talking about it and it's out there and somebody actually did it mm-hmm. because it's it, it at least in my industry it's getting noise now I know it's really not making although I did see the New York Times and NPR follow up on the Wall Street Journal mm. on a, a it
2: quick quick question what do you mean it might it might not pass. Because it's a regulation, right?
3: Well, it's a proposed regulation, so I shouldn't say passed. They, they might not draft it as such. So they they proposed some language. They proposed a bunch of questions about, should this be transparent? Should that be transparent? How should we display these prices? What would be the best way to do it? And then they said, we reserve the right to issue our final decision on this on May 3rd. Uh-huh. and So so it,
0: there's probably a lot of behind-the-scenes pressure being implied, and so whether or not they have the guts to fight it off or not, I
3: suppose. Yeah, tons of it there's 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 absolutely no doubt there's so we'll know pressure. may
0: 3rd whether or not that's actually going to be a regulation yeah, may
3: 3rd or 4th i forget which. so say, if, one or the other
0: so that's coming up that's coming up yeah so if 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 it turns out may 3rd you uh you bring it up on the website and it's it's now a regulation um which is like a law as we were talking about earlier yeah, it
3: immediately so, gets challenged by okay. numerous large powerful entities and uh could, how do you
0: call that illegal for me knowing what the price of something is
3: well, well it's interfering in a private contract, Jack. Yes. Mm. yes there are, I'm a lover of liberty. How dare right. the government? That's right. There there are there is there definitely is a, a, a libertarian aversion to saying the government must make you disclose something that's in a private contract between an insurance company and a hospital.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, but if there's a cartel
3: Exactly. That I mean that's why I, I that's why I added the whole addendum to my article on look. This is not the way I would normally go about solving this problem, but I work in this market, I live in this world, I see what healthcare pricing is doing to employers and individuals, and we have an oligopoly. People aren't they're afraid to say that word out loud enough. We have an oligopoly, we have a broken market, and when you have a broken market, that is one of the legitimate tenets of government to step in and put rules in place to open up transparency and unbreak the market, for lack of a better word.
0: Mm-hmm. But so I'm trying to think politically. I don't know if they'll, it'll ever reach them, if they'll ever understand it enough or it'll ever hit the campaign trail. But it seems like the sort of thing that Trump's for and Elizabeth Warren would be for.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think you're well, going to nobody, have... Uh, well, let's uh,
2: look at the... You're right. And actually, you name any of the candidates. Can you picture a candidate... Offering up an argument against it? What the hell would that sound Possibly like?
0: Possibly Rand Paul if he wants to be super uh, libertarian, uh, right. stay out of you know business.
2: Contract, That's yeah. why he right. was at the end of the stage with his <laughs> ugly curly hair.
3: It's um, they okay. Uh, this this regulation is similar to, not exactly, actually quite different, but it's similar to another regulation the Trump administration set forth back in December that wanted to do the same thing with respect to Rx pricing, drugs. And you know on its surface, that looks great. But I actually, uh, uh, Tim Sandefur wrote an article, Tim, the lawyer, our friend from the uh, Goldwater, Goldwater Institute. Institute.
2: One of the nation's leading young he, constitutional scholars.
3: He wrote an opinion based upon that regulation that Goldwater does not support transparency in this case. A, because they believe it's unconstitutional, and B, because it would be horribly misleading and it would actually create more confusion. And I agree with that because of the fact that drugs are done so differently with rebates that you really, really can hide the P and something that's written in that world has to be done so specifically that otherwise you will make a bigger mess, okay?
0: Oh, interesting. Hide the P, P-E-A or P-E-E? Both. Okay.
2: <laughs> Stop it.
3: Thinking back to Joe's vasectomy. Trying
0: to follow his logic.
2: Hi, hide the P Is that a... P-E-A. P-E-A. Or is that what's that? What's the origin of that phrase? I don't think I know that phrase. Oh, hide wasn't the pee. that the, oh, uh, is that the, the princess the, laying the on the mattress? card, Monty.
3: <laughs> I thought it was the princess was laying upon the mattress. She was so delicate she could feel. Well, the she pee. could feel the pea. I read that book just last night to my children. Is that the or origin the princess of
0: Princess in the P? I don't or think that's I... where the hide the P came from. Oh, maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Hmm. Wow. I'm familiar with hide the salami, but that's a completely <laughs> different. So why you have three kids? That's ah. it. Well, yeah. Um. Uh, actually, wasn't the wasn't the the actual point of the Princess in the P story? Isn't it the opposite of the way most people take it? I remember. Well, he marries her because she's so delicate
0: and fair that she could feel the pee even under under all those mattresses. Which to me makes her a crazy
2: person. Well, that's pathetic. Yeah, it's <laughs> a. I'm keeping wrong, her run happy. from that woman. I'm she's so picky. Keep... You'll never make her right. happy. <laughs> right. That's
3: exactly it. That's I a c- could swear I
2: read at some point that the uh, the point of the original. Story was the opposite of that.
0: Oh, maybe it's changed
2: through but the now, years. Yeah, I, I can't remember, so could I be. shouldn't have
0: brought it up. So Edit I don't know where out. the
3: origin is, obviously. unless <laughs> Getty it has no to effing idea what he's talking about.
0: Anyway, all right. back to it. It'll become a law. It'll become a regulation. But who will challenge it? Elizabeth Warren and Trump could be on the same side of this. They and all the be. candidates, they
3: could be. I think. I think you're going to see more of the mainstream of both parties be the ones that come out against it, and they'll make arguments around the fact that it was poorly drafted and it can be done. They'll. They'll do the. Perfect is the enemy of good argument. Ah, I think. That, that works so often. That's a and good it one.
0: Drives me crazy. That happens with any attempt at tax reform. Right is the perfect oh, is right. the enemy of good. We we better just leave it crappy.
3: And and if I have uh, if I have a, a bone of contention with my my fellow libertarian brothers that I love so much. It is that the perfect is the enemy of good argument really becomes blocking in the libertarian world more often than I'd like to see. Oh, sure. No right.
2: doubt. And, you know, it's funny. You get this from some of our friends and you get it from AOC mocking incrementalism, you know, mocking the small measure, the step right. closer. the Look,
3: that's right. all you get. So it's it, really all there is. It, it, and, and on this regulation, it may very well be unconstitutional, right? It may be. Yeah, and, I could see how it would be, unfortunately. And, you you and, think uh, it's too,
2: out, too far outside the scope of the original law passed?
3: No, no, not not for that reason. I think oh. it's just because you're 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 getting into private contract unnecessarily without having proven there's an oligopoly beforehand, mm. etc. there there needs to be some setup, I think, a little yeah, bit if more they can before have you. friggin' laws where you gotta tell me how many uh, calories are in my hamburger. Or that you have to buy private health insurance, They're... right? I mean, it, at least it, it could go to the Supreme Court, and I would admit that it could lose, but I'm not even. On this one, I would leave the constitutional issue to, to my friend Tim Sandifer, who knows the Constitution much better than I. I don't even care. I'm coming at this from a tactician saying, Pass the regulation. Let's fight about it in court and lose, but let's at least get the issue out yeah, there. Yeah, I,
0: I, I could see that too. That's
3: the only thing I care about is getting this yeah, out there. That's yeah. a good point. It, 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 I don't. That's why I I hate to say it. I I don't. care. I, I don't even want to say that. But one might be inclined to say Craig I don't doesn't care about care the about constitution constitutionality of this oh, law. That's this the, title the, <laughs> the title of the
0: podcast. The title of the podcast. Craig Outlaws doesn't
3: care would about you, the constitution. Would you like to borrow our shredder? <laughs> borrow our shredder. Go I ahead. Am done for. <laughs> um because let it go through the courts let it get all kinds of media and then meantime let congress write laws saying you know what transparency is a good idea let's let's get aoc together with rand paul and write this thing so that it can be done
2: wow wow
3: because the only thing guys i i I truly when when we talk about healthcare, the two biggest problems we've had for nearly 100 years in america is we don't know the price and we don't care the don't care is getting fixed as the prices go this high i know that's Perverted encounter. I care more but, than I ever have before. Right, it's getting fixed. The don't know the price is the only thing that has a chance of keeping us from going to single payer health care. It's the only thing. The only. It's like the only thing that could defeat the Soviet Union was blue jeans and a free market. The same thing is true with health care. We need transparency. We have to know what this price is. And guess what? And this, I, I wrote about this on my in my article, and I noticed Jack kind of skipped over it when he was quoting from from it because it is controversial. Well. It, <laughs> I would say the next thing you do, if you can get this transparency, is you change all of our insurance plans. You put in something like a $10,000 deductible for all of us, but then you also have employers maybe give you $5,000 cash in a health savings or a health reimbursement account that's your money that could go uh, over your year. Just so you have a
0: chance to spend the money and realize what it costs.
3: Just so you, so, so you have a $10,000 deductible, but we're going to give you the first five. That's all going to be tax deductible. And now you are consuming your health care, and you have an incentive to save because any of that five that you don't spend rolls over year to year to year. And the employer benefits because you're not going to blow through that five GER. And the employer benefits because you're not buying a policy that's a $10 copay. You're buying a policy that doesn't even start until you've spent 10 I'm sorry. I should have finished the thought.
2: You're not going to blow through the five GER and then start getting into the place where they are paying for it. That's
3: right. we yeah. already have plans like this in place, but they don't work as well as they could because the transparency sucks. Right.
0: You know, you know the problem often gets down to how stupid people are or uninformed. I, I, can't, I, I find it hard to believe that people are stupider than they used to be. Is there any reason to think that? Mm, but I don't know the, I think lowering the inter- standards in schools.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great
2: inflation, great infl- lack, well, I mean, shorter internet, attention, Twitter. Spin. Yeah, right.
0: we can make a list. Well, I just mean brain power. I think the brain power is the same, but right. the, the knowledge because it's similar to the thing
2: about well, there pe- pe- is the idiocracy argument. It's the smartest people are having fewer children, There's and the no dumbest doubt people are having more. That's so. Easily, the answer to your question yes. is yes. That's easily
0: quantifiable. That is true. Yeah, what you just said. Damn. Um, but it, it reminds me of the argument there on the whole. Uh, People's tax refunds are smaller, so they think their taxes went up. I'm, right. I mean, it's, right. So, so it's all about the tax refund. On the health insurance, for so long it's been about what's my co-pay or, right. or, my, or my monthly. And they Meanwhile,
3: my paycheck y- is stagnating. And my
0: deductible is $10,000. Yeah. But I'm not smart enough to know that.
3: Right. <laughs> and, and that's that's what makes this argument really hard is because I would say the right the, the right way you do fix this is you put in some sort of Cadillac tax. I know it sounds horrible to hear me say that. But you also then make it the norm that we have like $10,000 deductibles with $5,000 pots of money we spend on the front end. Because the vast majority of families do not spend $5,000 on healthcare in a given year. Of course, the top 10% do. But, you know, they'll have insurance over the top and they'll learn to be consumers on all the low-end stuff. And that's what that's the one arrow I see in the quiver against this march towards socialism we have in everything, but in healthcare too, of course.
2: Mm. Interesting. Big stuff. And we'll know in May. May think. 3rd or 4th. Yeah, probably. One of those Although then it could be tied up in the courts for quite some time. It, but. it will be. It's on it the radar be. screen. Yeah. Uh, my final question. Uh, what uh, what is the most common mistake amateur bass fishermen make? Since you're an expert bass fisherman. Do you do you uh, refer to yourself as a professional bass fisherman or semi-professional?
3: Ah, uh, you could say semi-professional. Yeah, I, I, at one point in time, I had you have like, had sponsors. I had like eleven or twelve different sponsors and that, that I, I a, that made That makes money. him a
0: professional yeah. fisherman. But sure. The, it does. the problem
3: is time-wise, I, I only now have a couple sponsors, and I don't do it for profit anymore. Mm. I, but I did at one point in my life, and and I'm very. You know, not only have I fished in those tournaments, but you know, I, I was the, the the host and the MC of a TV show for a couple of years. Right. And, uh, right. I've written many articles in that world. Number one mistake and fishermen ruined make ruined the day of many bass. Ruined the day. <laughs> well, he yanks them into outer space by their face. <laughs> Number one mistake all fishermen make, um, certainly bass, but I think all is moving too fast. Uh, so when it's I, I, leaving slow. the, lo- yeah, you
0: mean leaving the location too fast or moving your body too fast,
3: moving the the bait or the lure too fast. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it, it's uh, one of the one of the wonderful old timers that taught me how to bass fish. Joe was diving into the voice there uh, was yeah. a, was a gentleman by the name of John Gray. He still lives up on Trinity Lake up in Northern California. He came from Maine and he would describe himself as an old Maine Yankee. And I think he smoked about seven packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. and just a super great character. But he would say. When the fishing's too slow, you gotta slow down, slow down, and then when you think you're moving too slow, slow it the f down some more.
2: <laughs> there you go.
3: And so that that is a um, I, uh, number one thing I see people just moving their baits too quickly in the okay. water. Yeah,
0: there you, there you go. go. There's a little tip for you. Huh? I wish you had more respect for the Constitution, but that's a pretty good tip, right?
2: <laughs> 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 Craig Gottwals, fabulous.
3: Craig, thanks, dude. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate it. Extra large.